0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. To put this Gospel passage we have just heard into context, this occurs in a chapter of Luke's Gospel where Christ is giving His disciples, His followers, instructions on how to be set apart from their neighboring society, those that surround them, the rest of the world. And in other words, being set apart is a state of being holy and it's in preparation for what is to come, which is inheritance of Christ's eternal kingdom that he offers to us. And one way to be set apart, one specific thing Christ is focusing on in this Gospel passage is to leave behind anxiety, to put away anxiety. Now, anxiety is a word that today is thrown around very commonly. And sometimes we might miss out on a more serious definition of it because of how often we use that word. In the way that Jesus is teaching us about anxiety, it's wrong for us to fall into that habit because it's a state of being fearful, about being, of being angry about things we can't control, things that don't belong to us to control. And so we get caught up in that state of intense dread, intense fear about these things that we can't control. And that's wrong. That's what Christ is telling us to do. That's how Christ is telling us to be different today. Now why is that so wrong? One, it's not our place to be fearful over certain things, because to say that they're not under our control means that they're under the control of someone else. And that is the author of life who is God Himself. He also points out the fact that these things that we're anxious about so commonly, there's more to life than them. There's more to life than that. Then the logical question that follows is, okay, Jesus, what more is there to life? What are you trying to tell us? And the answer to this question is honestly, the entire gospel itself. The entire gospel shows us what more to life there is. And at the end of the day, it's the joy and fulfillment of healing what's wrong inside of us rather than trying to perfect the externals and the material things that we can't control. The joy and the fulfillment of healing what's wrong inside of us And that is the broken human heart that is broken by sin. Broken by sin, not other things. Attacked by sin, not other things. Threatened by sin. That is also to say that while we're caught up and so much anxiety about everyday things, the real problem of sin is not out there. It's in here. It's in the human heart. And Christ himself picks up the broken pieces of that heart through his passion, death and resurrection and his defeat of sin and his victory over death and his resurrection. In other words, the work has already been done to heal this anxiety, to heal this broken heart. For us, for me and you, we're just called to participate in that work. We're called to have a share in that work. We're called to agree with that work we're called to respond to that work. And we're not gonna do that by being caught up in anxiety, by being caught up in the self-concern of anxiety, by being stuck in our own heads to the point where all we consider as true, as valid, is only our own thoughts, to the point where we become our own gods. So anxiety, again, is not a term just to be thrown around in a common way, even though the world does that. It's a dangerous state to be in because it can lead us to isolation from God, to isolation from His goodness, to isolation from His love, to isolation from His gospel, to isolation from the happiness that we think we're going to find in being anxious about all these different things. Brothers and sisters, Christ uses very interesting language in one of the lines that we read today. He said, God even clothes the He clothes the grass, the plants that grow. How much more is He going to clothe you and I? That's what we're called to hear among the things that Christ said, that reminded me of one of the things that our Church of the East fathers are very well known for saying. Fathers like Aphrahat and Ephraim and Narse. They say that when Adam sinned, when Adam fell into original sin, he lost. His robe of glory which is another way to say he separated himself from communion with God from the glory that he was created in and now Christ has mended that robe he has sewn that robe back together and again like I said he's offered it back to you and I and he's done the most important work there is to do which is the salvation of human beings from sin. And again, we're all called to just respond to it. And it's easier to say than it is to do, but it's worth it. What more is there to life? What more is there to life? What more is there to our material things that we surround ourselves with, to our houses, our cars, our parties, our reputations, our very casual and shallow relationships? What more is there than all of those? regaining that robe of glory regaining the state that Adam was originally created in that's what more it, there is to life and if we don't understand that, that state if we don't understand why recovering that robe of glory is so big of a deal is going to bring us so much happiness then maybe we should try maybe we should try and see if it's worth it maybe we should try and see what confessing our sins and repenting and actually changing will do for us Seek first his kingdom. Seek first his kingdom and you will have these things. These things are not evil. Being wealthy is not evil. Having a very nice house is not evil. Having these material things is not evil. Planning parties is not evil. But we're in trouble when we don't seek the kingdom first. Because then we abandon God as a priority, and naturally, something else is going to take his place. And oftentimes, that thing that takes his place is a certain amount of money, a remodel, the struggle of buying something, the struggle of making a certain amount of money, the struggle of having the best wedding party or whatever it is, whatever shallow things we like to do. Something else will take God's place if we don't seek his kingdom first if we don't seek to build a dwelling place for us in heaven first, if we don't seek that kind of investment first. Jesus says, seek, God, seek the kingdom first and all these things will happen to you. All these things will be provided for you. I think one reason he says that is because all those other things, all those things we tend to be anxious about are actually easy. Not easy in the sense that we're going to accomplish these goals in five minutes or five years, but they're easy compared to inheriting God's kingdom eternally. Do you know why? Because that, that goal involves carrying a cross. That goal involves going up Golgotha, not just one day and not just two days, but every day every day of our lives until we achieve the goal that we're all meant to put all our energy and focus to, which is holiness, which is confirmation to the image of Christ, not to the image of whatever we establish as goals for ourselves here on earth. Yes, all these other things are easy compared to that. And because it's so difficult, but at the same time so rewarding, it's worth it. It's worth it because it's better than the feeling of doing all those other things. It's better than the feeling of gaining all those other material things. Because those things do not fix what's wrong inside of us. Those things, while we think they're going to provide us with happiness, while we think they're going to give us some kind of satisfaction, they are not going to heal the biggest illness that threatens the human heart, which is sin, which is separation from God, which is rejection of God. All these things are only a shadow of happiness. All these things are only temporary and will pass away. And we better remind ourselves of that, brothers and sisters, we better remind ourselves of that on a regular basis, especially through prayer. Ultimately, God's kingdom, while it's a difficult thing to inherit in an eternal way, our participation in it starts now, and it is the only thing that can bring us what we seek in all these other things, which is true and lasting rest. Amen.